Today on Karina and Kirsten Get to Work, we're talking about releasing yourself from the crushing burden, the crushing guilt, perhaps, that's associated with work, family, and other responsibilities. Let's see if we can do it. Welcome to Karina and Kirsten Get to Work. We're so glad you're here. Thanks for tuning in. As you know, Kirsten and I are so excited to talk to you about women and work and all of the stuff that we juggle, people, ladies, because we want you to feel satisfied and happy and engaged and fulfilled in your workplace. And we believe the f- place to do that, the way to do that, is to evaluate what's going on, take a look at ourselves, perhaps even learn something along the way. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for joining us. So how are you doing? Outstanding. Are you? I am. I'm outstanding. And I love the way you phrased, like, what to do about the crushing burden. It's not just the crushing burden. It's what to do about the crushing burden. And perhaps even releasing ourselves. Yeah. It's interesting, right? I've, we've been thinking about, I've been, we, I'm going to speak for both of us throughout the show. I've been thinking about this show for a long time. And I'm really excited to talk about it because... In evaluating all of the responsibilities that women have, right? We are disproportionately bearing the burden of family, work, caring for aging parents, volunteering mm-hmm. at community yeah. events, schools. Yeah, when do you see how many dads bring cupcakes? I know. How I many dads bring I know, cupcakes? and I don't want to judge the dudes, but at the same time. Because that's changing. Time, I want right? to really say changing. I acknowledge that that's changing quite a bit, and the allocation of work in the home, you know, the home duties has really shifted in the last 10 or 15 years. But if you have two working parents who have an equally demanding job, more likely than not, the woman is taking on a disproportionate amount of additional responsibilities, right? And that was truly the case in my life up until about six months ago. My husband, he was kind of a stay-at-home husband for a while, so I really don't want to diss him. But there was a period of time where he and I were both working full-time, and I just felt like I was on a hamster wheel. But just recently, in the last six months, as I quit my demanding job and started to build a consultancy, I find myself with spare time for the first time in my life. And so I've been thinking about, like, What's going on? Do I still feel a crushing burden? I mean, I, in some ways I do. Like, I do feel like it's not like I'm sitting around doing nothing. But how I fill my time is totally different. But there are glimpses of so would you say, free time. Okay, so would you say prior to the last six months that your time was almost always scheduled for you? Yes. And when, when I ask that question, I mean, like, I assume, you know, you have meetings at work. Maybe you start at 8. Maybe you start at 9. Maybe you get home at 5 or 6. So you've got 12, 10 or 12 hours of your day blocked out already. And then you haven't been with your family all day. Right. And I know you have parents. Yep. Yep. And other family. Two, yep. We got two sets. And so the schedule didn't end, right? When I came home from work, it was sports events, as you know, same as your yes. life, sporting events, volunteer things. Well, I really want to go to that community event. And in the last several six months, I would say, especially during the day when everyone is at work in school and I'm at home by myself, I realize I actually have spare time. I have free time that I don't... I don't See, and I'm going to challenge you on that. You're calling it spare or free? 
And what I'm going to say when I listen to you yeah. is it's unscheduled. It's unscheduled. So the choice is what is it that you do? Because you've got plenty of stuff to do. Yeah. Yeah. I have conversations with myself about how important it is it, is it for me to be busy all the time. And so I still feel like even though I'm not working, you know, full-time plus anymore, I'm still working full-time plus. It's just what I'm working. And who's holding? I'm holding myself accountable to that. It's a really interesting scenario. And I know when I mention this to you, you're like, whatever, I live in an alternate reality. And right, it's I hard for me to, to relate. That. It's like so hard for me to relate to you. Like, like four hours I'm so of sorry. unscheduled time. No, it wasn't necessarily boohoo. <laughs> I did come around to having some empathy and some compassion <laughs> for that experience of having four hours of unscheduled time. I think it is, for me, really different. I am scheduled literally from 6.30 in the morning probably until eight at night, almost every night. And that changes a little bit. And I know that you can relate to this. When you're in that world, it's like you would just, like when you say four hours or five hours of unscheduled time, I just want to weep. Yes. I just want to weep. Like that's, I said to my husband. Alone? Unscheduled time alone? Yeah. Without asking me for anything. No prescriptions to pick up. No. You know, last night I was just settling down for this lovely evening in the hot tub with my husband and my son called me and, you know, he had gone to the cemetery to visit his dad and it was really sweet and his, glad he went there. His dad passed away a couple of years ago, but he calls me up and he's like, I got locked in a cemetery. Oh, my goodness. And so here I am in the hot tub, and I'm like, I got to get my kid out of the cemetery. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just constant, right, when you have children and jobs and your life is so full, right? Yes. And that's what we're kind of talking about today is the crushing burden of fullness. Yes. And you have this perspective right now to not be living in the, just the crushing burden. Yeah, but, I, but it, I'm also in a bit of a panic about it. Mm-hmm. Like, I haven't settled into this. It feels terrible. I'm holding myself accountable to this, like... It was, I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting thing. And I'm hearing you talk about like, yes, I finally got a moment in the hot tub and I have to deal with me. I remember thinking, please, dear God, if just someone else could pour that GD glass of milk, mm-hmm. if I don't have to pour another glass of milk for the rest of my life, I'll be happy. You know what I mean? You just start to feel like there's never a moment for you. So today we're not only talking about that, but we're talking about the emotions associated with it. So when you choose... When you choose work over home, or when you choose spending time at home, you know, in your office, cranking out that final report or preparing for that meeting in the morning, or when you choose to go to the uh, community event mm-hmm. instead of be home, what are those emotions around it? How do we deal with those? Are those emotions universal? And how do they impact us at work? It's very interesting you say that because I... I had this conversation with my sister-in-law and my mother-in-law, who are now my sister-outlaw and my mother-outlaw, because I'm no longer married to that man, but love them still, love my outlaws still. And we were having this conversation, Yvonne and I, and we're talking about guilt. And her daughter, my sister-in-law, said, guilt? Guilt is a completely useless emotion. And I turned to Yvonne, I was like, we both looked at each other, we're like, no, guilt makes the world go round. Like, that's that's what makes people do stuff. So when we talk about different emotions, like, it's hard for me sometimes to even step back and say that people experience the crushing burden differently. Do you feel guilt? Oh, my gosh. That is my overriding experience with the crushing burden is I just feel guilt. How, like, do you, how does that express itself? Okay, so I understand that my children, my, my opportunity to be a mother to these children while they live in my house is very finite. 
And I just want to wring every good moment out of that. And so I just want to be as present as I can and as participatory. And I'm also super aware of not helicoptering or snow plowing. And I just want them to grow up to be wonderful and to feel like just deeply loved, right? Incidentally. Yes. Snow plowing is a new one. Snow plowing is a new one where you clear the way for your children. Yes. Like the $500,000 you pay to get into USC. Yes. So, really? USC? Yeah. $500,000? We're going to talk about Stanford, that one later. Maybe, but. So helicopter is always hovering around. Snow plowing is, is making clearing way. the way. And I'm just, my point is I have to have some awareness when I'm raising my kids about how that's my, what I'm doing. So, but there's that, which is not really an obligation to me, but it's something I'm deeply committed to. And then I have things that are like, I have an aging mother who lives in town who has some trouble driving and who I just want to check in on and make sure that she's well cared for because I also recognize that her time on this earth is limited. And I have deep values around community and volunteering and being a part of things and doing my share. So if my kid's on a team, I want to bring the snacks. I want to help, right? When it's time for elections, I want to help register voters or whatever. It's just I like being involved, but I also know that I am torn all the time. I got a client who wants something, right? They want something by 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. So do I sit at the homework table with my kid and work on my work too? If they're at a game, do I skip the game and do I do the work for the client? If my mom is going to the doctor, do I go with her? Do I leave her alone? So it's all of these tensions. All And then I didn't even mention my beloved spouse right? who would just really appreciate spending some time with me. Yeah. And for me, it's about guilt of not having another four hours in a day. And I know at the bottom of, of my guilt, like if I really look at my guilt, there's something that I really want in there. There's a want or desire underlying my quote unquote guilt. So talk about that. So like I know like what I want to be with my mom. I want to be a good daughter. I want to have a good relationship with her. I want her to feel loved and cared for and safe. And so if you aren't at the doctor's appointment, the guilt that you feel about that has an underlying yes. want. It's like, well, I wanted to be a good daughter, and I'm not because I'm not at the Correct. doctor, therefore I feel guilty. Correct. You know, and guilt is one of those interesting emotions. I was actually even talking – I was talking to my mom about this because she, this morning she and I were talking about how she feels guilt a lot, and I rarely feel guilty. And I was checking that with my mom. I called her and I said, Mom, you've known me my whole life. I know you life. have had this conversation. I'm like, you're like Elizabeth. Like, how come you don't feel guilty? Yeah, what is the deal, Mom? And uh, we were trying to explore really what is even, what does guilt mean? Well, we were talking about how guilt sort of feels like there's been an offense and you're guilty of it, right? Mm -hmm. I have done something wrong. wrong. I'm, I've done something wrong and I feel bad. Mm -hmm. And she said sometimes she feels guilt, sometimes she feels disappointed in herself. And those are two different things. I said, Mom, you feel guilty when you don't bring the best potluck dish. And she said, no, that's not guilt. That's just disappointment in myself, which is a whole nother set of emotions that I think I do sometimes feel that. I feel, this is a footnote, I feel no guilt or any obligation around a potluck. Yeah, I just want that to be clear. Anybody? Potlucks? No. No. So my mom is this one extreme. And I said, you know, at some point we release ourselves. Hopefully we release ourselves from this expectation that, you know, we're be all to everyone and we stop feeling guilty. And she said, well, I haven't done that yet. And, you know, it is interesting what you're saying, what you're describing. Did we just define it? That sort of... I just not created an offense. What do you do? You... I have failed to meet some... And I want to say obligation. I've just failed to meet some expectation I have in myself. I failed to meet an expectation. I have. And occasionally, Karina, I do. 
I will get angry. Like when I get into a situation where I'm like, how am I going to get the salad to the stinking, which I hate potluck? And how am I going to get this work done? And then this kid needs this. And, yeah. you know, somebody wants to t- you know, sit down, have a cup of coffee and talk about something important to them. They want my friendship and collegiality. Sometimes I do get angry. And I think to myself, you know, and I, what I, I do often, unfortunately, is I compare myself to my husband who does not have these kinds of tensions. Yeah. And I know. And my mom said, my dad doesn't feel guilt. I don't think I do, nor my sister. So I think she's sort of bared the burden for all of us. And it's interesting, though, there's guilt and then there's anger. And that's what you just said. Yep. And that's the one I feel more. It's like I get angry at myself for overcommitting, or I get angry at the obligations that others bestow upon me. Frankly, I get very angry or frustrated when someone tries to guilt me into something. Oh, my god! Like, if somebody is putting yes. guilt on me, I think that's the worst thing you do to somebody. Why not motivate me? And, you know, and I want to tie this back to work because all of these things that are happening in our minds, all of this tension between what am I supposed to do, what are my obligations? How do what I, I do it all? How do I do it all? What am I holding myself to? And what are the emotions I have around not being able to meet every single expectation? How does that translate in back then back to work? Yes. How does it translate? So I want to just for everybody listening, I think Karina and I are articulating we have guilt, we have anger. Karina talked about her mom being disappointed in herself. You said that there's frustration. So this can manifest itself as I've thought about kind of the mono feeling I have around guilt, right? My one my one channel, <laughs> right? I've got one channel going and that's guilt. It's like, huh, there's the probably social, other. The socially acceptable yes. emotion, frankly, for it, women, for women is which is guilt. the other thing, the right? right? It's the go-to. But I did explore a little bit, okay, what channels might other people have? And as I was thinking about this and my friends and how they've talked to me, I've heard women talk about being depressed. I've mm-hmm. had women talk about having anxiety. So I do think that this crushing burden of how do you manage all of your life, including your work, manifests differently in people. But I honestly know very few people who don't have it in some way, shape, or form as I think about all of my friends and colleagues who work. Yes, working women and perhaps men, but our perspective, right? My perspective Women, is as a working is we're as talking a working, about chicks. I'm a working woman. Have we have this crushing burden? And we yeah. And and everybody has way more things than they could ever possibly get done. And we frequently choose ourselves last. I think that's a female thing. And I think a lot of the times we choose work first. That is socially acceptable. Choosing work first is very socially acceptable. Like, I know that if I tell, like, when I was growing up as a kid and my dad was at work, nobody cared. Nobody cared. It was like, he's at work. That's, you get, you get to be at work. And even when I have conversations, like my husband and I have conversations with what we're going to do or how we're going to spend our time, if either one of us says we have work, it's like, oh, okay, you have work. Yeah, that's a top priority. Top priority. But if I say I'm going to go to the soccer game, and now, by the way, these are, you know, he loves my children. They're wonderful. But he is he's their stepdad. He is not attending every one of the 32 soccer games that are happening. <laughs> and so it's interesting because when it's not work, there's a lot more tension in what I'm doing and he's doing and how we're going to come together. So I think that it is really easy to choose work. It's easy to choose work. And in talking about this together and really deciding, like, how does this 
fit in? What's a, what's the point of this show? Are we you know what, what, are we just daylighting the fact that everybody feels like crap all the time? No, man, not all the time. Sometimes, are we just acknowledging that this happens to all of us? I think in some ways though, and I think you know the meat of this, at least in the conversations you and I were having, is that I would love for people to move beyond that feeling of guilt. And I think you have to really understand the dynamics of where it's coming from, how it happens before you can move beyond it and kind of look at it almost surgically. How you make decisions maybe in the future that are a little different than you've made them before or just recognizing, why do I have this feeling when I can't change anything, right? It's like, it might just be about acceptance, yeah, or maybe you can change things. Yeah, and that's the, maybe, that's the preference. Like, hopefully, you can change things. That's where you and I come from. Yeah, agency, self awareness. What can you do in your life? And there's a few things out there sometimes that you just have to accept. You have to accept. And you know, I think what I want to do. If there's one thing we do in the show today, I want to support everyone. I want to support you in releasing yourself from the expectation that you are everything to everybody, and encourage you to choose yourself. Yes, that is what we want to accomplish today. I'm in complete agreement with you, but you know I'm like six steps behind you on this one. And so you are really much further evolved and along this path of releasing yourself from the crushing burden. And so I'm really curious. I mean, I think part of it's your family, as you've talked about with your mom, right? But I really want to know, what do you think, besides that experience, if anything, has had that effect of causing you not to feel guilty and being much more facile or quick at releasing the crushing burden. I think it is. I point to my husband in a lot of ways, which is so funny, right? Like a guy just helped me figure this out. But I think I learned a lot from watching him and his approach to work. Like, wait a minute. Like you said, your husband doesn't feel this. Why do I? Why is that? I think it's also genetics. I mean, frankly, you know, I haven't been super prone to guilt in a long time or, or ever as a kid. But I did feel bad or anger or emotions around the crushing burden that wasn't guilt, that conversations with my husband helped me release myself from. I'll give you an example. Back when we were young parents and both of us trying to manage our careers and money was tight and we were trying to build a house and whatnot, he decided to go on a vacation with his brothers. Now, he has two older brothers, had two older, one of them has since passed away. And once a year, they would go away for a guy's weekend. And they'd load up their quads and head to the, you know, sand dunes in Oregon and go ride quads. It was like the one vacation that I'd never in a million years would want to go to, nor was I ever invited, and that was fine. But when we started having kids and he decided to go do that, I remember feeling particularly upset with him. I'm working, money is tight, and you're going to leave me here for a three days with the kids while you go off and have a vacation with your brothers. And I remember feeling this crushing burden. How am I ever going to do this? I don't even know how I'm going to recover from this weekend. I don't, I can't. And I looked at him and I said, I would never in a million years do what you're about to do. If the tables were turned, I'd never in a million years. And he looked at me and he said, Krina, that's your problem. You're the one putting those limits on yourself. Now, He's a gem. He's a sweet man. He helps me see this kind of stuff all the time. But it's that it was that moment like, wait, why don't I plan a girls weekend? 
Why don't I release myself from the expectation that when I come home from work, I cook the most nutritious meal I can, and then I make sure to volunteer for the field trip at school. And, and then, then I, you read the stories and then it, do the tuck-in. And, and then, then I do, do the, the laundry. Yeah, and then do the laundry, and then I call my parents. You know, when it was that moment for myself? Well, it had been years since I chose them. And frankly, then, you know, along those same lines and during that same time frame, he used to push me out of the house on Monday nights. You have to go do something for yourself. Get out of here. You know, so in a lot of ways, as a young mother who was trying to figure out how I was going to juggle. You were in the middle of the crushing burden. I was in the middle of the crushing burden. I was trying to figure out how I was going to juggle work and being the best mom I possibly could be. He helped me realize the best mom and the best worker is a person who takes care of themselves. Who has well-being. Who has well-being. And I think that in some ways, and you said something earlier about obligations. Wants and needs. Wants and desires or needs, right? Mm -hmm. And we hold ourselves to these obligations around work and, you know, family and community, church, you know, whatever. Church is a great one for me because church used to be an obligation for me. I need to go to church. I need to go to church. And it's interesting you say church because I don't feel that obligation anymore. Consequently, I don't go. And I don't feel guilty because I recognize that there was no want or need for me in that. There was no desire in that. It was just this obligation. Now, sometimes when I want to now, I go like once a quarter. Yeah, when you have a want. When I have a want. But I think this is the point. There has to be a time in our lives where we recognize we have an obligation to ourselves that is equal to, if not more important, than all of those other obligations around us. And as I want a worker that honors their obligation to themselves first and foremost because they bring their best self to work when they're there. You know, Do you care about yourself enough to get a good night's sleep? Right? Are you going to stay up all night long baking cupcakes? Right. Are you going to buy the ones from the store on the way home? Because, sister, that is plenty. <laughs> that is plenty. That's right. Are you going to say, I'm going to take five hours of my vacation time and go sit on the beach by myself today? That's okay. I'm not going to save it, you know, so that I can go on the family vacation or join my parents in, you know, Palm Springs, whatever. And so it's this transition that I just want so badly everyone to start to make, to think about, to dig just deep down inside and say, am I identifying my own wants and needs? And am I obligated to fulfilling those? Now, I'm not suggesting that we abandon all responsibility, but I'm saying it's time for women to transition. It's time for women to transition into recognizing their obligations to themselves. Yes. And so what are your obligations to yourself? I told you, I'm behind on you on this. Like, I'm, like, clunking along. Like, you know, I still have my training wheels on. And I've been at this work thing a really long time. And I think I've learned how to be a pretty successful worker. Absolutely. I feel like I'm, an, I feel like I'm a good enough mom, right? I feel like I'm active in my community. But I am just learning my obligation to myself. And I'm super embarrassed to say this. But it started with actually a good night's sleep. That's a great place to start. I was like, I am just committing every single night to get six and a half hours of sleep. I'm just going to do that. I'm just going to get six, six and a half. Six and a half? No. I'm, I know, Krina. Okay. Krina, you are like, what is his name? Rapunzel? Rip, Rip Van Winkle. That's who it is. Rip Van Winkle. <laughs> Krina, you're like Rip Van Winkle. You have to tell our listeners about your sleep habits. 
I go to bed. <laughs> it's so funny. I go to bed and read. I, at 8 o'clock at night, I am upstairs reading. So and I am fall asleep between 8.30 and 9. So at 8 o'clock, I'm probably just getting up from the dinner table <laughs> with my kids and maybe starting to clean the dishes. Oh, I know. And I am lucky if I am in bed by 10 and asleep I know. by 11. I know. And most people say that. You know it's a big it joke is. It around is a big me. deal. But what's funny is then when do I wake up? I don't know, 6.30. It's so funny. And so there is 10. There's, no, it's a good solid 10 hours. And I, that is so crazy. Okay, let's just pause for a <laughs> no, moment. Create no. 10 hours So, okay, good night's sleep. That's one obligation to yourself. But I I'm, think I'm also, just, just to be clear, I'm like up to almost seven and a half hours a night now. Good, you yeah, go, girl. No, I'm moving out. So exercise, eating healthy, taking time off. I have off. this friend, this friend named... Jen. It was Jen. That's right. She once said to me, she said, I'm going to yoga. And I said, oh, that's great that you treat yourself like that. And she turned to me and she said, do you consider brushing your teeth and taking a shower, treating yourself? And I was like, no, that's like personal care. You like brush and floss your teeth. You take a shower. You put clean clothes on. She said to me, well, I would encourage you to think about exercising in the same vein. It is not a treat to yourself. It is like brushing your teeth, Kirsten. Yes. And I was like so blown away by her. I was like, what? Exercise is not a treat. It's actually personal care, like brushing your teeth and flossing your teeth. <laughs> Just revolutionary. Of course, it's a revolutionary. It's a revolutionary. That's such a thinking. beautiful thing. But I also think the things that we want people to embrace are personal care, mental health, joy, those things that bring you joy. And frankly, as much as you think I'm evolved on this, having a lot more unscheduled time as, than I've ever had in my adult life made me realize I don't know how to fill it. I don't even know what I like. You've been scheduled by other I've things. I've been scheduled by, by other things and obligations. All and important so, stuff. I mean, don't, right. I mean, don't undervalue. This is all important stuff and a great way to spend your time. Yeah. Right? But I think, you know, I know this is a woman in work thing, and I guess it is, right? Working women feel this. I just want you to know I don't have this thing figured out. I don't have it perfect either. I just don't feel guilt as much as you do. That's about the only difference. And I have a little bit more. But figuring out what you like, giving yourself an opportunity to find the things that bring you joy, that make you feel satisfied, that make you... And maybe that's work. Maybe 100% of that is work. Well, then choose it. Yeah, there's people out there make who sure, definitely but if have it's, 100%. But if it's not, then what else is? What are your wants and needs? Figure those out. What do you desire? Go get them. And get some of that stuff. And it's like, I keep coming back to... Treat yourself as well as you treat others. Yeah. Treat yourself as well as My you treat others. My dad used to say, you wouldn't say that to a stranger on the street. Why do you say that to yourself? Yeah. It's not the street. You know what I mean. Yes, I do he's, know. A, he's a wise man. But this process can alleviate the crushing burden. Yes. It's okay to have unscheduled time. It's okay to choose for yourself. In fact, you have an obligation to yourself to do that so that you're a good mom, so that you're a good daughter, so that you're a good partner so that you're a good worker. So you're a good community member. Yeah. So release yourself from the crushing burden. Experiment with not feeling guilty. It'll bring you more joy, more happiness, more meaning, and more ease at your workplace. Yeah. Get to work and then get to doing something for yourself. Releasing the crushing burden. Release it. Get over it. Thanks for joining. Thank you, Kirsten. Thank you. Bye. Well, that was fun. If you liked that episode, find us on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Also take a look at our website at yougettowork.com. Thanks for listening. Crean and Kirsten Get to Work is recorded at community-powered KMRE 102.3 FM in Bellingham, Washington, and streaming at kmre.org. And thanks to our sound engineer, Kevin Leja. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Kevin.